To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now at Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And 
Hi, welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. I'm sorry we had a little bit of a technical difficulty tonight. The internet went down right before the show started, so we were kind of a minute or two behind, and it took me a while to uh, figure things out and get back up and running again. But I do believe we are on, and we're coming through. Hey, we got a great show for everybody tonight. What a cool way to kick off June. Eric A.K. from Flotsam and Jetsam was on tonight's show, and our good friend Ronnie Cook from Thrust. They just put out probably one of the best records of 2018. We'll be talking to Ronnie in about 15 minutes or so. Right there, Sarah's Uncle, I'm Alive. And we opened up today's show with Venom, with Witching Hour, I believe. I don't know because we couldn't hear it. And I'm pretty sure that's what we had set up there. All right, well, I'm going to jump into another tune right now so I can do a little fine-tuning here just to make sure we are coming through. How about Attacks Out of the Storm?
Diamond Head in the heat of the night. I'm sorry, we're having a lot of trouble tonight. I noticed that the last time we had an issue like this was about a year ago when Ronnie Cook was also on the show. I guess the band is just so heavy and intense that it's blown the circuits here in the switchboard. <laughs> you know, Actually, it's just, it's just the whole internet problem we're having in the area tonight. Uh, and actually, it always has to happen around showtime, and it usually gets fixed right after showtime. So we'll do our best to get through tonight's show. I'm calling in on a secondary line, actually the same line the guests do, just to actually come through tonight. So hopefully it's all working. You can hear me. You'll be able to hear Ronnie and Eric AK, and we'll just get through these interviews tonight and play as much music as we can while we are up and running. You know, I love Diamond Head. The band is in the studio right now working on a new record. I mean, the last record wasn't bad. But there's something about Diamond Head when you don't have Sean Harris singing. It just doesn't work for me. There were good songs on the last record, but to me, Sean Harris was the voice of that band. Brian Tatlin, amazing songwriter, great guitar player, very distinctive in style. But it's Sean's vocals that really, you know, make that band. Yeah, and it's like that for a lot of bands. You know, a lot of bands do replace their lead singers. And, you know, it works out great. Some, like, really high-profile ones. Some bands go through multiple lead singers. Some work, some don't. But... With them, I, I like to hear Sean Harris. Maybe one day they could kind of put it back together again and get most of that classic lineup out there performing. It would be pretty cool, I'd have to say. All right, we're going to talk to Ronnie Cook in about 10 minutes or so. Let's uh, let's play one tune, and then we'll jump into some brand-new thrust, and then we'll talk to Ronnie right after that. So uh, how about we do a little sortilege? Don't even ask me to pronounce the name of the song. It's in French.
Uh, brand new thrust, feel the pain. That's why the record is one of my favorites so far this year. Probably will remain that way for the next six months. I don't want to rush this year. I'm still waiting for the summer to come here in New York. It's the first week of June, and it's like 50-something degrees outside, damp, cold, rainy. Uh, summer just does not want to come this year. I, I, it's amazing. I, I, I told my wife, I said, you know, I've, I've shoveled for the last 30 years that we've been homeowners, you know, with a shovel. Never bought like a snowblower. So, you know, we bought a new house this year, a much bigger house and a bigger piece of property. I said, I'll go buy a snowblower. We bought the snowblower. We really didn't have any snow this year that we can uh, use it on. Then we got the house. We bought a big, beautiful in-ground pool. It was so goddamn cold that we haven't been able to go into the pool and use the pool. I'm like, that's just our luck. But that's the way life goes, right? All right, Ronnie should be calling in any minute now. We'll just wait a few for him. I really didn't get a chance to bounce around the news feed this week, but I'll do so maybe a little later on. But I believe we have Ronnie on the line right now. Let's connect him and get this interview going. Hello? Ronnie, can you hear me? Hi, gotcha. Hey. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I couldn't even get in. you got so many people calling in. Yeah, that's pretty much that's just me calling in. We lost the internet before the show, so I'm calling in on all the guest lines just to get through. I, I apologize. Oh, I couldn't even get through. I'm like, God, I know the show is killer. I can't even get on. Uh, yeah, that's, that's mostly me. I got to tie it up on all the lines in case I lose the connection uh, again. I'm on another line. <laughs> I want to make sure cool. we talk. Hey, but you know, yeah, Ryan, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry I missed you in Brooklyn. I, mean, I saw the band play, but I'm sorry I didn't get to talk to you in person. I waited. Decades for you Mike, guys to Mike, we, we got Between you and I, we got, you know, that was ridiculous. We went on that way, three hours delay. I mean, come on, we don't have to get into it, but you know, things happen. I know. I know. You know, I thanks know for hanging out. I'm surprised day. anybody hung out so late, but thank you. Yeah. You know, and I, I, you know, I love you, man. It don't matter, man. We, we, got, we got a whole lifetime ahead of us to catch up, so. Absolutely. Let's, I, I know you guys will be back. Let's blow up this interview. <laughs> Definitely. Well, listen, I just played one of the songs off the record, Feel the Pain. I was saying, this is why this is my number one record. Just not to now, but of the year, probably for a very long time after. You guys really blew it out of the water. Okay, well, let's tell everybody. Let's tell everybody. Come on. Are we on? Yeah, you're on. I'm on. Oh, my God. Thank you. I I don't know what to say after that. (laughs) Really? I mean... this, I think, is the strongest lineup you've had with this band, I think, since the very beginning. I mean, what a powerhouse lineup of musicians. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the the musician guys, we've all been playing together for like 25 years, you know. And Eric's a new kid on the block, you know. He's He's been in there for, I think, we're getting close to two years or two years now. And, um, yeah, it uh, it worked out pretty good, you know. We uh, We found our sound, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard when you replace a singer in a band with anybody because you know they have that classic record in mind. They're used to those vocals, but Eric really handles the whole catalog like so well. Yeah, well, he he grew up in the same era as us. You know what I mean? We we uh, we all got the same test, uh, same taste, and uh, you know the energy was good, and uh, you know it was uh, it was magical. We we knew it was going to happen. You know? Yeah, you know, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, even though Reincarnation came out a couple of years ago, that record was basically from the 80s. So this is kind of the first new material since Invitation to Insanity, in a way. Uh, exactly. It's been a long time exactly. in between. And was it difficult trying – I mean, did you – I mean, it does have that classic thrust sound to it. It always will with you writing and playing guitar. But did you go out of your way to say, you know, let's kind of like bring back that old sound? Because it sounds like it's where the band should be 25, 30 years later. 
Ah, well, thanks for that. You know, I, I know when I'm coming on your your show, the big cheese, that you're going to say it like it is. You know what I mean? And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, I hope he likes the album. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, we just, we, we got together and we just started writing. You know, we came off the tour. We were uh, we were really grateful. We played a lot of festivals last year. And, um, you know, the, uh, the fans were all still there after all these years. And, um, you know, we, we had to write new material, you know, they, they wanted it, you know, and, um, we hadn't been together in such a long time. You know, we, we broke up and, uh, you know, the years went by and, uh, you know, we got a call to do the, uh, keep it true festival in Germany. And that pretty much, you know, started to come back in 2015. And, um, you know, I always thought we should do a new album, but, uh, you know, now it's out. It's, uh, it's quite an experience after all these years. Oh, absolutely. Well, when you did get the call to go over to Germany to keep it true, were you in your mind, were you saying, you know what, this is just going to be like a one-off thing, we're going to you know, have the best time we can with it, or did you think, you know, maybe this is what it takes to get the band going again and restart it? Yeah, I mean, we never, um, you know, we never stopped playing, you know. Um, we got the phone call, and at the same time, I, we were doing the, uh, the double album, the reissue with Metal Blade. And um, that's how the uh, Keep It True Festival found out. And we just, um, we pretty much reformed for that show. You know, that was our debut back after so many years. And, um, you know, we wanted to, you know, we had to prove to ourselves that we could even do it. You know what I mean? And uh, we rehearsed hard for the show. And, uh, you know, after that, the response and, and, um, you know, all the buzz that started to happen from that show all the other festivals and, and everything. We just, um, it was like the eighties all over again, you know, and, uh, here we are again. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it, all come full me, circle, I guess, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and it seems to me that the band is bigger and more popular today and it's growing than back in, you know, in the eighties when metal was at its, at, at its peak, at its pinnacle. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that we were going to, you know, the new album was coming out. We were all excited, but we didn't know we were going to be like under the magnifying glass so much. I mean, like every country, every metal magazine, everybody is reviewing and rating the album. And, you know, we, we couldn't imagine that, you know, everybody would remember us, you know, and um, it's been working out really, really good. You know, we're really, uh, we're really happy after all these years to, uh, you know, to get some good reviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's about time. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, Fist Held High is, it's a classic record. I mean, that album is up there with all the albums that came out in the day that, you know, I get held to a high standard. But Thanks. the band kind of disappeared Thanks. and faded away after that. So a lot of people didn't never got to really see Thrust Live, you know, back in the 80s. So t- this is like a whole new thing for them. They get to see you guys perform after like two decades. Yeah, you know, there's the you know, there's the fans like us, you know, that, that have have been around since the beginning when it all started in the eighty and then, you know, with all the social media and everything, it's um there's a whole bunch of new fans, you know. I I saw just it's on my Facebook I, this I think it's Italian, I don't even know what language it is, but it's this kid, he's got his own show, it's like like an M T V show and he's talking about the new album and I'm just looking at it and you know, he's opening it up and he's playing the video and he, he wasn't even born when the first album came out, you know, yeah. and he, he's a brand new fan. And, and, you know, Thrust is like a new metal band for him. So it's, um, you know, I think all the metal bands that are around the eighties, we're all kind of, you know, it's all coming back right now. And, um, you know, we're, we're all grateful for that, you know? 
true. It, it really does amaze me how such, you know, like the younger generation is so into, you know, our music from our time. Because I know as uh, as a kid, I didn't want to listen to my father's music, you know, when I was a teenager. But yeah. these kids today, I think they really appreciate, like, how good it was and how great these bands were, you know, like yourself. Uh, well, thanks. Well, you know, that it's never been duplicated, the sound of the 80s, you know, and yeah. there's not a lot of good bands coming up the pike these days in heavy metal and stuff, unfortunately, you know, and, um, you know, all the bands were, were all, you know, still around from the 80s. And, uh, you know, I think that's why everybody's gravitating to it, because the sound hasn't uh, ever been duplicated or even come close, you know. True, true. Yeah, you know, Ron, one thing I always wanted to ask you, I don't know if I did on the other shows when you wanted, because you've been on here quite a few times with us. You know, when the band left Chicago to go out to California, and you and you worked on the reincarnation record back in the day, I believe it was Bruce Kulick that was working on that record with you guys, and it, and it never saw the light of day in the '80s. W- was there any reason why it didn't try to why you didn't try to put it out again after that before Invitation to Insanity came out? Uh, we uh, we did we it was it, we recorded the album, but we just. Um, for some reason or another, it didn't come out. You know, we did the, uh, the invitation to insanity, and reincarnation was actually done in like '94, I believe. Oh, '94. You know? Okay, I thought it was the late '80s. Yeah, and um, you know, the, the whole scene changed here in America and everything, and um, uh, we didn't feel it was a good time to release the album. And then we just, you know, like I said, we hadn't been together for for a while, so it was kind of like hidden, you know, and. When uh, Metal Blade called and we did the reissue and they said, do you have any extra, you know, material that we could add on? I had the whole album, you know, and um, they included it with the Fist Held High. And, uh, you know, that was the double double album, uh, 35th anniversary. Yeah, wow. If you can believe it was that many years. I know. I know. I'm I know. just saying that 30. I remember when you say, wow, that, you know, that record came out 10 years ago, so long ago. Now I'm like 30 and 40 years or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy cow. I'm, I'm really getting old. <laughs> Yeah, so so this is actually the, the newest, newest, new material. We just wrote this stuff. You know, we came off, you know, the tour from playing all the festivals, and uh, we were on a fire, and, and we knew the fans wanted it, and, uh, you know, the fans wrote the new album, man. We just uh, we just channeled all that energy and excitement and uh, and wrote the new album for everybody because they remembered us. It's, you know, it's a big thank you to everybody, you know? Yeah. Any songs off the new record that were maybe held back from the old days that you never really got around to writing that you were able to use on this, or was everything just like fresh and just you know written recently? Yeah, you know we um, we didn't even give it any thought. We just um, you know as soon as Eric got in the band, we just started writing new material. You know, um, I think we wanted to capture you know the new metal sound with the '80s metal sound together. You know what I mean? We didn't want to take stuff that that had been pre-written or was from the '80s. You know, we wanted to see what we would sound like now, you know what I mean? With yeah. obviously the influence of doing all the, you know, the music in the eighties. So I think we got a good mix on the album, you know, um, kind of the old metal mixed with the new metal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I, when I first heard the whole record straight through, I said, you know, this is what thrust would have sounded like if they were putting out records continuously over the last two or three decades, this is what the band would have evolved into. Cause it is a good mix of old and new. And that's kind of hard to do because, you know, the old school fans, they hear new and modern, and right away they get turned off. Then other fans will say, ah, right. it's old, it's out, it's, you know, it's dated. But this is, you know, you really mixed it together where it makes everybody happy. That's the hard thing. Oh, well, thank you. You know, it's all about the music standing the test of time. You know, a good song is a good song. That's what it comes down to. You know, it's like the Sabbath albums, you know. 
Yeah. They sound good whenever you put them on. It doesn't matter what else is going on. You know what I mean? True. Very true. You know what? I, I think of Chicago back in the 80s, it was a really great scene. I mean, at least as a fan, thinking of all the bands that came out of the area, you know, from the late 70s mm-hmm. to the mid-80s. I mean, but the scenes really were in, like, New York and California, mostly California. So I get going out there. Did it give you everything you wanted when you went there, or was it more of a, like, you know, did it kind of backfire on you at the time? Um... Well, we were we were young, we were kids, and we just moved out here. You know, we we bought a school bus and drove out here. You know, to do the record. So we were living high and dry, you know, off the land. <laughs> so, you know, it was it was it became more of a, more. Uh, well, every musician goes to it. You know, you go into survival mode. You know what I mean? And um, you know, you eat pasta for days and then ham sandwiches. You know, and um, yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. You know. <laughs> You know the the meat just on the hand, you know. So yep. Uh, we, you know, we struggled as kids, man. We just all moved out. We were so young, you know. We could barely get into the clubs that we were playing at, you know. And um, you know, we just we just did the best, and um, you know, life things happen in life, you know, and you go through your ups and downs, and uh, but uh, we hung in there, you know, and. Uh, we're still putting out records and we're, we're really grateful for it. You know, that people yeah. are still showing up at the shows, you know, that's, that's what it's come down to. And, you know, not like in our twenties, we didn't know what was happening, but now we're so grateful, you know, I mean, to be able to, you know, to, to perform our music in front of people and, 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 you know, like to do the new album, you know, and, um, you know, just, we're just really overwhelmed with, uh, you know, with gratitude that, uh, we're able to still do what we're doing. Yeah, you know, when you say you know a bunch of kids jumping in a school bus, driving cross country, you know to get to California to make their dreams come true and happen, I think that's something that's lacking in today's you know scene with with musicians that they're not willing to sacrifice. I think they're not willing to like just do without. I mean, you know, you put all your eggs in the basket back then because you knew there was a chance you could make it. Today it's like, well, you know, we want a tour bus. We don't want. We'll fly there. You know, you really got to put yourself out there, bare bones, you know, in the hope that you can make it. Yeah, I think it goes like that in anything in life. You know, you gotta, you gotta give it all up to get it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Um, until you, until you stand on the edge of the mountain and say, you know, I'm ready to jump, and you jump and take the risk. You know, risk equals reward. It ain't gonna happen. You know, people sure. can see through it. You're either 100% committed or, or you're not. You know, and uh, we always loved it for the music. You know, that's why we've been doing it. You know. Um, for so long it's definitely not about the money you know after so many years it's 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 all about the music and keeping the keeping the flame burning you know for metal you know yeah yeah absolutely well you know it kind of never really was about the money because you did it because you just wanted to get up on stage play live write music meet girls have a drink i mean you do want to get paid i mean that's the that's the end goal is to to make it so you can, <laughs> yeah. you can make money i get that but it seems like it's harder today for bands to make money even on like the collapse of the record than it was back then. You didn't really have to sell tickets thirty years ago. You didn't have to you knew people were gonna come out to a show and you're gonna get paid something. Today it seems much harder. Yeah, you know, I mean it's it's a lot easier to get your stuff obviously out there with the internet and everything, but the shows for new bands, it's um it's tough, you know. Um you know, luckily we've been around for a while and um you know, we, we do the festivals and stuff. Um but for new bands, yeah, it's um it's it's a different, uh, you know, the whole scene changed, you know, but, uh, 
you got to get out there, you got to play, and you got to put your product out. And it's the same thing that, you know, we did in the 80s, you know. You know, get your stuff out, get it heard, you know. It's um, the same philosophy now as it was then, you know. That's one thing that hasn't changed, you know. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a little, uh, you know, it's definitely a different music scene out there than it was, you know. True. But, uh, you know, the, the same ingredients remain the same, you know. Play, play live. <laughs> that's it, <laughs> absolutely. Know? Well, I mean, and, and put I, out what, do find, what do you find to be better today than back in the 80s as far as the music scene goes? I mean, is there anything today that you say, wow, I wish we would have had this 30 years ago because it would have made life a lot a lot easier for us? Mm, I mean, it's nice to promote a show easily with a click of a mouse. You know, we used to go and hang the flyers up on the telephone poles, you know. Yeah. And, uh <laughs> you know, make copies on a fax machine and hand them to people on the street corners. So in that way, it's a little bit different, but uh, no, it's nice. You know, you can upload yourself playing in a second, you know, you can have fans and people can find out about you really, really quick. We didn't have that, you know? So, um, you know, it's got its pros and cons, but you know, you got to get your album out. You got to play live and uh, you know, that's it. You know, keep playing. It's all about the live scene. Well, I know you said like you know doing the festivals. The festivals were a great thing because you could reach a, you know, a nice size audience. You know, in one shot. Uh, is it hard getting into the festival circuit? Because once you get in there, you know, it seems like you can bounce around from different countries that play in them. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of bands out there that are all you know. Everybody wants to play the festivals, obviously. You know, um, I think it's. Um, you know, it's it's it comes down to just the fact of, of the band and how long you've been around and do you have new product out, you know, and uh, we've been blessed. We've been getting asked to do a lot of shows lately and, you know, we got the new album out. So, you know, now's the perfect time, you know, so, um, you know, we did the New York, new York show and uh, we're going to head out to uh, Cleveland, I think, and then we're going to head out to Mexico City and then Seattle, Washington, and then I think we go to... Sweden and Europe too. So, um, you know, we're we're real excited to uh, to be able to do that these days. You know, and we wanted we wanted as many dates as we can for the new album. Sure, uh, I don't blame you on that. I mean, the more the better. I mean, it's a great record. People should hear it live. I mean, you, I mean, I, I saw this, I saw you play, so I know what you're playing out there live. But is it is it nice to kind of go through the whole catalog now? Have the four albums to draw from. Yeah, it is. It is. It's nice to uh, to have so much, so many songs out there that we can uh, we can choose a nice list, you know. Um, you know, we're doing the favorites as always. You know, I mean, obviously we're focusing on the new album on this tour and stuff. And um, you know, it's the first new material we've written in a long time, so we're excited to share with everybody and stuff. And you know, we'll still play the good the uh, the good uh, the good songs from the '80s. You know, the posers will die and the fish sell high and. Uh, all the uh, the good anthems that we did back yeah. then. You know, one thing, Invitation to Insanity, when that came out, I think around 2001, 2002, it kind of got lost because, you know, metal was having a rough time back then. People really went into it. The scene hadn't picked up again. Is there any chance that you might want to re-release that record and get it out there again? Um, well, I mean... You know, with all the other material that's come out, I mean, everybody tries to get all their, their material out as much as possible. I think right now we're just focused, you know, we're we're so happy with the way the new album came out and the new songs that, we, you know, we would rather focus on writing a whole new album rather than going and pulling some from the past. You know what I mean? That yeah. was, that was, you know, Invitation to Insanity was like a bootleg, you know? Remember the bootlegs, you know, in the vinyl days? I remember. Like, you know, Iron Maiden would 
you know, they would come out and there would only be limited editions. We we made that, we did that album in my house, you know what I mean, and recorded it, and we put it out, and it, you know, ourselves and everything, you know, and, um, you know, that was that was a whole different, uh, you know, I think that was 2000 something. I, I have to look at it, but, uh, you know, we're more focused on the future right now. Like I said, we're really excited about the new album and. Uh, you know why this one's cooking? We're we're gonna write some new ones too, so we can get ready for the next album. So um, we'll ha- we'll have a new album out after this one. <laughs> in a, in a good amount of time too, believe it or not. Believe it or not. Hey. <laughs> we won't have to wait another twenty years, hopefully. You won't have to wait. No, we're on a roll right now. We did twenty fifteen uh, and now twenty eighteen. So maybe uh, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, we do a little surprise in twenty nineteen hey. or something. Yeah. That's pretty good. Well, this sounds on a pure steel records. I mean, is it still important to have a label backing you up today, or can you do it yourself even without the labels? You know, because you do have home recording and a lot of other stuff that makes it easy for a band. Um, I, I would say, I would say, Dale. No. I say it's better. To, you know, it's better to have the label. You need help these days. You know what I mean? Um, you know, they, they've got the uh, the power to do a lot more you know, together than, than you do yourselves. You know, we've done it both ways and uh we definitely like, you know, Pure Steel's great, man. They're really excited. They're doing a lot for us, you know, and we're doing videos. They did a great job on the album, you know, and um you know, those guys have been around a long time. They know metal, you know, and uh it's a good combination, you know. We're excited for the future to see uh to see what's gonna happen. You know, they they've been really behind the new record. Yeah, I think there's only two bands in the whole world that aren't signed to Pure Steel. They've got everybody on that label. They put out every record in the world, Pure Steel. Yeah, they got a lot of good bands these days. I was surprised. You know, it's kind of ironic. It's kind of like uh, us and like three, four, five other bands came out with with albums all within you know the same month or something like that. And it's kind of been like a a revival of metal, you know. So uh, you know, God bless the labels and you guys and. and you know, you play it too every day, Mike. That's why it's still around after after all these years, you know? Yeah. Um, we're amazed, you know. We go and 7,000 miles away and people are standing in line and they know every word to every song, you know, and it's just a big metal family like it's always been, you know, and it's it's great to see our friends again after all these years and stuff. So, you know, we're we're all excited, you know. We're like a bunch of young kids again, you know? I know. That's a great feeling. Do you, do you remember the first show you played after coming back and – Saying to yourself, hey, I wonder if these people actually like really remember us, remember the songs, and then like seeing the reaction, saying, yeah, they remember who we are. Yeah, that was Keep It True Festival. Yeah, you know? that was that was like we hadn't played a show in like God, I don't know, at least ten years, you know. And <clears throat> we we said, okay, we flew out to Germany, you know, and, and it's a huge, huge festival with thousands of people, and uh, we opened with Fist Held High, and they knew every single word, and. I was blown away by the first, you know, after the first chorus. I said, oh, my God, is, you know. <laughs> it's like stepping in a time machine again, you know, opening for yeah. Jesus Priest in the 80s, you know. But then That's now, right. you know, you know, or Motorhead or Twisted Sister and all those bands we played with. And uh, it was unbelievable, you know, and uh, it, it hasn't stopped since then. So uh, we're going to keep it going, you know. It's like um, Judas, you know, look at these days, Motorhead. They're gone, and you know, and priest, and you know everything. You know, go out and see the bands. You know, not not everybody lasts forever. You know what I mean? And you know, That's to keep right. the to keep the flag high and to keep the fire burning. You know, I mean, 
I, you know, maybe that's why all these 80 bands is coming back because there's nobody else around really. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, you know, we need to, uh, group together and, uh, and keep it going. You know, kids need to know about the music, you know, and, uh, that's our crusade, you know, to, to keep it going. Absolutely. When you're talking about grouping together, does that also work with the band where, you know, you, you kind of make friends with other bands and you kind of work with them to bring each other to, you know, each other's cities or states to play shows together? Is it, like a, is it still like a big networking thing with the bands themselves trying to get around the country? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, <clears throat> you know, like when we did the fest last year, it was a lot of the same bands and we got to know each other, obviously, because we're all same same hotel. We're at the same buffet in the morning, you know what I mean? So, we become really, really good friends, and you know, um, you know, we, you know, being on a plane for 14 hours, you really get to know people too. So, um, but we're all from the same era, you know. It's all the 80s bands that have been doing the uh, the revival, you know. Um, you got the uh, Serotonco, and you got the, you know, the Tyrant Boys and Resistance and Armored Saints and Lizzie, but all the bands from the 80s, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we all we all have that camaraderie together already, you know what I mean? And uh, you know, like I said, we're all grateful to be alive, let alone to be playing. You know what I mean? That, that's right. <laughs> so uh, it's been so many years, you know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, in Brooklyn, a few weeks ago, I was starting to lose faith. I didn't think you guys were going to come on. Because <laughs> when I, oh, when I, don't I know, got you know there, that... we were already an hour behind when I walked through the door and nobody was on stage yet. I was like, uh, this is not going to go well tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't you know, I didn't want to, you know, argue with the New Yorkers. I just went with the flow. I just figured, you know, <laughs> they didn't, they don't care about time and stuff. You know what I mean? You guys just rock all night. So we, we hung out and, uh, yeah, that's the first time, you know, something like that was delayed, but, uh, you know, things happen, you know, I mean, the guy's great out there. Ed. He puts on, you know, great festivals and, um, you know, uh, guys like him and you, like I said, that are booking all these festivals and true and, Spring Bash in Wisconsin and, um, you know, all the festivals that we all go to, you know, uh, the Metal Assaults in Chicago. It's, you know, it's all the, the diehard metal fans that are putting on all these festivals, you know. God bless them for still doing that, too, you know. Yeah, it's a labor of love for those guys because, you know, sometimes they take big hits financially and they still keep doing it, you know, like year after year. Yeah, you know, everybody knows that, you know, things happen and stuff, but, uh it was a it was a cool show, you know. I uh, can't wait to go back to New York. You know, you guys are crazy. You know, I, we got lost on the subways. I mean, that was crazy. But uh, we had a couple <laughs> guys that showed us around. <laughs> you know, we you know missed the show, stuck in the subway. But uh, no, it was it was cool, man. It was cool. To, to yeah. You're lucky if you even get a New Yorker to talk to you when you ask him, can you tell me how to get to this place? Most of them just turned their heads and walk away from you. So you got lucky that you found the right. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were uh, we were laughing. Uh, it was, you know, it's all about the experience. It's all about the journey. So um, absolutely, we're we're still on one still, and uh, you know, we appreciate you guys buying the album. I mean, that's what it is. It's the fans. The fans wrote the new album. The fans put out the new album. We wouldn't do it if it wasn't for the fans. You know what I mean? They they wanted it. You know, and and it's it's all about you know keeping metal alive after all these years. You know, and. Uh, We've been blessed to have the door open again, and we're going to jump through it and take our, our biggest shot yet, you know, put our best music out there. So we appreciate you playing it. 
Uh, that's all I'm going to keep doing, Ronnie. And so I'm going to let you go in a minute because I, I've got uh, Eric A.K. from Flats and the Jackson next. I want to play a couple of more tunes off the record, some of the classic stuff. But Ronnie, I always yes. have a good time talking with you, man. And I, I can't wait for you to come back okay. to New York. That way we can hang out and before like two I in the morning. I love you, brother, man. I love you, <laughs> you brother. You too, Ronnie. I'll shut up. You, you, you crank the music. All right. God bless you. Thanks. Okay. You got it, Ronnie. Bless Take care, buddy. Okay, you got bye-bye. it. <laughs> Take care. Ronnie Cook of Thrust, a great guy, a class act. A late start here in New York, but man, I tell you, they sounded amazing live. I couldn't get my ass off the back seat because I just had a spinal injection that day. <laughs> I couldn't even get up to say hello to them, but they sounded killer. Here you go. Kill or be killed.
Yes, John, Striper did cover this on their latest record. <laughs> Thrust heavier than hell. Some classic metal right there. You know, when I make up a list of my all-time favorite records from back in the day, uh, this one falls right into that category. And, you know, there are some records that I just play over and over again, and this is one of them. The new one, also an amazing job they did on Harvest of Souls. Pick it up on Pure Steel Records. Ronnie's a great guy to talk to. We're going to get to Eric A.K. in about five minutes or so. Enough time to squeeze in one or two more tunes. Uh, I was just bouncing around some of the metal news sites, and I saw that on Blabbermouth. Uh, the people that are behind the Ronnie James Dio hologram wrote, people are people who are judging it based on the overall idea of it are looking at it very selfishly. This is being done so people, uh, well, he's saying kids, a younger audience uh, can experience what Ronnie was all about. So if they're only doing this for younger people to experience what Ronnie's all about, then maybe they should make all the shows for free and, you know, <laughs> and don't make any money off of it. They're talking about being selfish. They've resurrected from the dead. You know, a rock legend on a screen, and they're talking about people complaining about it. They're being selfish. Not the people who are doing it, but the people that don't like it. Those are the selfish people. I tell you, they make you laugh sometimes, these people. Anything for a buck. And I get it. I know it's a business, but, you know, sometimes you got to let the dead be dead and just leave it alone. All right. How about we jump into some Grand Prix? Countdown to zero.
Suicidal Tendencies, Warm Inside My Head. Love that song, man. They got a new record out, but I haven't really had a chance to uh, go through it. Maybe I'll do that during this week. Uh, S.O.D. used to do a really killer cover of that song back in the day. Even though I'm not a big fan of Anthrax, you know, after the Neil Turbin era, really have none of the rhymes after the first one. Uh, I did kind of like S.O.D. when it first came out. You know, they were a pretty cool band. Played at Lamore quite a bit early on in the day. Anthrax was going through, like, their downtime right then. Neil was out of the band. Joey Belladonna hadn't joined yet. I think Matt Fallon bounced in and out real quick. So they were kind of, you know doing this SOD thing to kill time while uh, that band got started again, but it was really good. All right, let's play some Flotsam and Jetsam, and then we'll get to Eric A.K. right after this song.
Eric, this is Mike. How Hello. are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Hey, I'm all right. I'm talking to you. How bad can I be today? <laughs> well, you could be doing better. <laughs> <laughs> nah, hey, listen. I'm a fan going back to the very beginning of the band, and I'm so happy that after like three plus decades, not only are you guys still doing it, but you're putting out better and better albums each and every time, and you're still hitting the road for weeks on end. Yeah, we're trying. You know, we just like doing this. We're not really, we're not doing it for a reason except for to please ourselves. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the tour is just getting started. You're really out for a long time this go around, pretty much till the end of June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, it's kind of spread out a little bit, but there's a lot of shows. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty rare today because most bands aren't able to like string together tours that long. Do you find that? The whole business part of the music is getting better today where bands have that opportunity to go out and tour again for a long period of time and, and kind of reap the rewards of what they've done into it? You know, it's um, it's uh, 50-50 both ways because you can um, – it's nice to do three weeks at a time and then take a break and then do another three weeks and take a break, which is what most of the bands are doing now. But um, – the ability, at least in the U.S., to go, you know, a couple months is uh, is pretty nice. Yeah. Do you, do you see things getting better here in the U.S. as far as attendance of people coming out to the shows? It was rough for a long time. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting better for us, but I don't know if that's uh, the shape of the industry or if it's just our last record was good. I don't know, you know. <laughs> Uh, the last record, the self-titled one, was phenomenal. It was better than good. And, and, you know, when I look back over the band's, like, you know, career music-wise, the albums that you put out, I feel like there's been a whole bunch of different eras of F&J. Uh, as an artist and as somebody who's been on all these records, do you kind of feel that way, too, that, you know, different eras of the band, different albums, like, from, like, say, Quattro to, like, The Cold or going back to, you know, to the beginning, is sort of separates the band in all different sizes and styles? Yeah, not only that, but uh, different lineups of the band. Um, you know, the cold and, um, uh, dreams of death was a completely different lineup than what I've got now. So th those albums were a little bit different, but you know, pretty much anything with my voice on it is going to sound like flotsam. That's true. I mean, I guess, yeah, the lineup will affect the sound of the music in some way, shape or form, but like ugly noise was a completely different album. I feel than the cold or the last record, anything you've done in between. I mean, I felt like you took a lot of chances on that record. That one was kind of going back to Mike Gilbert doing most of the writing, which uh, which is one of my favorite eras of Flotsam, you know, the whole Quattro Drift era. And um, uh, Ugly Noise kind of went back to, to that era because Mike Gilbert was doing most of the songwriting. Yeah. And you're talking about those records like Quattro and Drift, and even High for that matter. Those albums to me kind of got lost in the scene back then because it was the 90s and it was kind of rough for any metal band out there. And I thought they were such great records that really didn't get the attention that they deserved because people just kind of gave up on music at that time here in the U.S. Yeah, it was it was a weird thing. People were getting lost between, you know, metal and grunge and they really didn't know what was what. You know, there's five different types of new metal coming into play and... Um, and, you know, grunge was taking over, taking most of the audience. And, 
you know, the good old rock and roll era was trying to make a comeback too. And it, people, I think people were a little confused at which direction they wanted to go as far as listening. So, you know, there's, I always tell people there's, there used to be a hundred thousand bands and a million fans. Now there's a million bands and a million fans. So everybody gets one fan a piece. <laughs> so true. I mean, now that the band's got this newfound popularity again, people have come around and they're finding the band who haven't found them before. Do you ever think about maybe going back to those records and trying to get, you know, bring more attention to them? Um, we are a little bit. You know, it's it's the 30-year anniversary of Quattro, basically. So we're thinking about, you know, our next time out. We didn't really plan it for this time, but our next time out, we'll throw a few more Quattro songs in there, bring back some of the old shirts, stuff like that. Um, it seems to, to us every time there's a 30 year anniversary of one of our records, it gets a little boost. So, you know, we figured we'd help it out a little bit this time around. Yeah. Uh, you think about going out, doing the whole record start to finish. I know you just did that a kit with another album. That seems to be the thing today. Bands doing like their entire albums. I mean, how do you feel about that? Cause I know a lot of band members will say, this was a great record, but I'm not crazy about every song on it, but you know, you got to do it all because it's part of the package now. Yeah. It's, um, that's kind of a, a weird thing to go through because there's songs on the doomsday record. I don't like, and yet we had to learn them all over again and redo them for that kit festival. Um, you know, it's really whatever the promoters and the fans want at this point. Um, if they want to hear old stuff, we're going to do a festival that's all old school metal. We'll break out as many of the old school songs as we can. Um, usually in the U.S., we've got to kind of mix it up because we get a wide variety of fans that, from each era of Flotsam. So um, we got to kind of mix it up a little bit and at least do a couple songs off of each record. Um, we have yet to do anything off the cold live because right now I'm the only guy in the band that was on that record. So they're like, we could, there's so many songs that we actually played on. Why would we do those? And I'm like, because I like them. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of it's, it's kind of difficult to go through for me. But, you know, a lot of times we just don't have the time to do every song that we'd like to do. True. And The Cold was such a great record. I mean, a Secret Life, I love that. You know, Black and I String is phenomenal. Yeah, I would love to hear some of these songs live. So I guess even though you're the singer of the band, if you have a hard time getting some songs into the set list that you want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I keep coming up with different uh, ways to sneak these songs in. You know, we thought about doing uh, a VIP ticket thing where we do three or four songs just acoustic for the VIP fans, and um, and I picked all cold songs for that, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> cool. Another thing, you know, you got Ken Mary playing with you guys now on drums. Uh, Ken, an amazing drummer, has been around for decades. I mean, I remember him from TKO and Fifth Angel. He was with Chastain, Alice, and Pelletary. Uh, how's everything working out with Ken? Is he a good fit to the band? Ken is a great, great drummer. Um there's a reason why he's been in so many bands and been around doing it for so long. Cause he's, he's really, really good. Um, you know, when we had Jason Bittner in the band, it kind of gave us a little spark, um, gave us a little energy, a little more speed. And, um, we found ourselves huffing and puffing at the end of the night because we're trying to keep up with Jason Bittner. But 
um, he really he really fits better in overkill. Um, you know, he's he's become one of my best friends on the planet, but he really shines in that band. And um, when we went to go pick a new drummer, one of the things that led us to Ken was he's just as old as the rest of us are. So, you know, hanging out on the bus, going to restaurants, stuff like that. We all have the same likes and dislikes and, and, uh, it's, it's really more comfortable to tour with him than it would be some young guy, you know, that we picked up that wants to go partying every night and get drunk and all that. So. True. When Jason joined the band, you know, like I'm saying, Jason, an amazing drummer, a real powerhouse, but Jason's known to bounce from band to band. Nothing really ever comes steady with him. Is that something that you worry about, saying, you know, he's with us now, but he might not be here a year from now or six months from now, and we have to go look for a replacement? Do you try to find somebody that's willing to, you know, stick it out and put the time in? I mean, I know personalities sometimes clash and things happen, but it seems like it's more than that sometimes today with musicians. It's not personalities that they don't have the ability to dedicate their time and themselves to a band. Yeah, um, you know, I used to joke to people telling them that we were the farm band for uh, for for other <laughs> bands, you know. Um, you know, Metallica takes their bass player, and then Prong took a bass player from us, and, you know, it's just on and on. It's like they, they joined Flotsam long enough to find another band, and then they're out. And um, it just it's just one of those things that happens that way. We have uh, a kind of a sporadic touring schedule. Usually we sit home for a year or two years, and then we go out and tour for a few months. And it's just not enough to to keep some guys as busy as they want to be sometimes. And uh, we we got a pretty solid lineup now, and I think, you know, everybody's comfortable with our touring schedule, and uh, everybody likes being out here. And so far it's it's going really good. That's great. Well, I mean, it is you, Mike, and Mike again. I mean, you got three of like the classic lineup, uh, members of the classic lineup of the band playing, and, and Ken, like a season professional. You got Steve on guitar now. He's been with the band quite a few years, also. I mean, the new record. I hear you're working on it. I know we're getting ready for it next year. Uh, how's this kind of shaping up? I mean, is it sort of like a follow-up to the last record, or are you musically you kind of taking the band in a different direction again? No, it's. Um... You know, the last record there were uh, a lot of good songs on there. Every record from any band I've ever heard has a couple filler tunes that, you know, there's some that are super exciting and then there's a couple fillers in there. And even the last record had, you know, one or two that could be considered filler songs, I guess. But this new one doesn't have any of those. Every song seems like it should be the single. Oh, nice. I mean, at this point in time in your career, do you write for yourself? Or do you still write to please the fans for what they want and what they expect? It's kind of a hard mixture. Um, if you don't write for yourself, you're kind of doing it for the wrong reasons. But if you don't write for the fans, you're not going to sell any records. So you got to kind of give a, a little mix between the two. Um, you know, we really, this this album, I think the guitar players handed me 43 songs or something like that all together. And it's kind of my job to go through and pick the ones that have the, the most pleasing vocal lines that I hear in my head, you know, and work on those first. And we got down to about 16 songs, something like that, and finished those all up. There's 12 going on the record. Um, there's an extra one for Japan release because they always have to have an extra song on their releases. 
and then there's an extra one for like a box set or something like that. So there's really going to be uh, 14 songs going out for the, on this new record, and uh, I'm really happy with every single one of them. That's nice. It's amazing how your voice has held up over the years. Is it just luck of the draw? <laughs> you really have to work hard on uh, keeping it in shape and keeping it going. What I what I attribute it to is, you know, when I was younger, I was Superman. I could do whatever I wanted. I could party all night, do drugs, and stay up all late with women all night, and still sing great the next day. And as I've gotten older, I've learned, you know, how to take care of your throat and how to warm up and, and what to do and what not to do. And I think my voice is actually getting stronger from um, knowledge and experience more than anything else. Yeah. Well, it was definitely a hard-living lifestyle back in the 80s. I mean, when you look at it today, did you think you would survive the last three decades, not just as a human being, but as, as, a, as a band and being in a band? I didn't think I'd last past 35, and I'm 53 now, so every day I'm just going, hey, cool, another one, <laughs> you know. Um, I, when I was a kid, I thought the band was going to end up being, you know, I don't know, Rolling Stones or something, where we're going to be doing arenas for the rest of my life and all that. And, you know, life on the road and in a band and in the business is nothing but a big school. It teaches you stuff every day. And um, you quickly learn that if you're still out on the road doing it, you better thank your lucky stars, whether it's arenas or tiny little clubs. You know, you're you're super lucky if you actually get to keep doing this stuff. So that's kind of the mindset we're at now. We're you know we're out here. People are still coming to see us, and that's uh, that's a, a big tribute to the band and our songwriting. Absolutely. Eric, do you think the band would have, if the band had started today in this musical climate, you know, the way the industry is, the businesses, do you think it would have had the success that it had and been around for 30 years from today? I mean, I, I can't see where these younger bands are coming from and how they're going to survive and make it here when, when the old guard, you know, like ourselves, are gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know, it's, it's kind of weird because people tell us all the time, you know, you guys' songwriting is way ahead of your time because if you would have put, you know, Quattro out now, it would be much bigger than it was when it came out. Um, I hear that stuff all the time from people. So um, we're trying to kind of, I don't know, tone down our our ability to see what's coming up in the future and and <laughs> kind of do what's now because – you know, once the future comes up and your songs are all of a sudden relevant, well, it's been out for 20 years now and nobody wants to hear it. So it, it's um, it's kind of a slippery path. you got to be careful of what you do or just go out and know that you're going to be doing clubs and, and hanging with the same fans, you know, every year, and which is fine too, either one, as long as we still get to keep doing this. That's all that matters. Eric, I'm not going to keep you, man. I know you got these things going on all day long. you got shows in between, so I'm going to let you go rest up. I can't wait till you guys get to New York City. I'm going to catch you guys at the Gramercy. It's going to be a great show like always. Cool, cool. I'm, I can't wait. Neither can I. You take care, my friend. Have a great show. All right. Thank you, man. Take care. No way back from here. So sweet 
Bella Road, Weavers of the Web, and before that, Life is a Mess, the latest off of Flotsam and Jetsam's last record, but a brand new one coming out probably before the end of the year. Looking forward to hearing that. I want to thank our guest tonight, Eric A.K. of Flotsam and Jetsam and Ronnie Cook from Thrust. We're going to close it out. we got two more songs to go, and we're going to call it a night. Next week, our guest, our Ross the Boss, he has another new record out, a real solid one. We'll play a couple of tunes off for that next week. And David Austin from Nasty Savage. So don't forget to tune in, everybody. How about we wrap it up here tonight with some evil, and we'll go right into Canada's finest with the Exciter, delivering to the master. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>